This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everybody, what's up? You got uh, me again, yours truly, Chris, on another solo edition of Front Office Features uh, this week as Rob has another game tonight. (laughs) He actually has a 12-game homestand coming up after kicking off his inaugural third ballpark opening day at Polar Park. I was able to make it out there after my second dose of vaccine. Your boy's now double-vaxxed, good to go. F you COVID, life is getting back to normal, but uh, yeah, so we actually, as I, I caught up with Rob this morning to, to get the download and all things behind the scene of how yesterday went, because obviously, as we all know in sports or wanting to work in sports, what's happening on the surface is not what's happening behind the scenes, so some cool things to share from yesterday. Also, we're going to play the interview I had with Sam uh, from Syracuse talking about his process and how what he's been going through on the job search front as we've we announced last week as we'd love to talk to more of you after you hear this discussion with Sam I think you all probably feel more comfortable about coming on it's a very friendly discussion of him of yourself sharing your tri- trials tribulations what's worked what's not worked and just giving back to folks who are out there to make them understand they're not alone right we're all going through something. Just you telling your story might somewhat make someone's day and make them feel better about some frustrations they're having, getting down and help them just like keep going on. So we'll get to Sam's interview in a little bit, but let's touch on yesterday. So first of all, huge, huge congrats to Rob. Opening three ballparks, opening one ballpark is an accomplishment in a career. Opening three is unbelievable. And yesterday, I'd say, went off without a hitch, except for some funny, funny stuff. Uh, specifically, uh, the play ball, which for all of you who have been to a minor league baseball game or any baseball game, they have a traditional ceremonial. Someone gets to announce, hey, everybody, play ball. The Woo Sox enlisted Bob Cousy, uh, Boston Celtic great, Worcester native, to do this, 92-year-old Bob Cousy, mind you. Uh, this is after we saw Pedro Martinez, Jim Rice, Sam Horn, Louis Tion, all Red Sox legends come out involved in the first pitch t- to commi- commemorate, commemorate, commemorate opening Polar Park uh, in terms of their first ever game. The crowd was electric for even being at 25% capacity. The city, you could just tell, was loving that this was happening. It's a really great thing for the city of Worcester. So we get to the play ball ceremony, which is right before the game's about to start. Bob supposed to say, play ball. Bob, 
proceeds to take said microphone and go on about a three and a half minute speech about Larry Lucchino calling him and asking him to throw out the first pitch and him being 92 and he can only roll it and stories of his heyday and talking about everything under the sun and I'm sitting here watching this going, oh my God. While the fans were absolutely eating this up and loving it because Bob's obviously a, a Boston legend and a Celtic great, I'm sitting there just thinking from a game operations perspective, I feel so much anxiety for the folks who just want to wrangle him and get him off the field and say the words play ball, but there's nothing you can do. You have a 92-year-old legend going on a rant, an epic rant, which you can find online. I think I re- retweeted it because I talked about this of saying how much anxiety it was giving me for the game ops people. The pitcher's standing there. The umpire doesn't know what to do. They're trying to play ball. They're just tossing the ball around. And he just keeps talking, keeps talking, and keeps talking. And it was great. The crowd loved it. But you could just tell, like, just watching around, like, Dr. Charles, the president, was standing there. He didn't know what to do. They just needed to start the game. And Bob, Bob was going to talk. Bob had a microphone. He was going to talk. So it was a memorable day. Uh, Sam Kennedy was in attendance. Tom Warner was in attendance. Hein Bloom was in attendance. Really great pre-party put on by the Woo Sox beforehand. Their sponsors were out. The, the fans were in the stands. The, the Worcester Wall looks great. The, the replica of the Green Monster, essentially, for Worcester. Saw a bunch of home runs. The Woo Sox pulled it out for the, for the first ever game, first ever victory at Polar Park. Overall, a fantastic, fantastic day. And just kudos to Rob and his team the whole team for getting through a pandemic and getting to getting to yesterday and having it go off without a hitch. It's hard enough to open a ballpark, let alone try and build one and, and, and coordinate a brand new city with a brand new staff and a brand new season ticket holder base partnership base and have to be able to tell those folks, Hey, only half of you can come to the first ever game, but Phenomenal ceremony. James Taylor with the national anthem with his son. Flyover by the helicopter from UMass Memorial with their, their partners. Just a very well orchestrated event. No surprise given Dr. Charles, his history with the Red Sox and all the events that he put on at Fenway Park. So, again, kudos to the Woo Sox. Just really good to be in a ballpark, sit there and, and, and feel some normalcy again. I can never go to a sporting event, though, and just be a fan. Um that's one of the downsides of working in sports, similar to that Bob story I just told you. All you do is you look around and you figure out where else you can put a sign, where's there dollar signs, what's going wrong with the promotions, etc. It just changes the way you consume sports as an employee now, as a fan. So Rob will hopefully be back Monday night. I think, not hopefully, he will be back Monday night to give us the full download of how his past couple weeks have gone. I'm sure... There's so many stories, and I want him to share them based on the trials and tribulations of what it took to get to, to, to yesterday. But guess what? Doesn't get the rest very long. Here's the game tonight. 12-game homestand. <laughs> Welcome to minor league baseball. So, anyways, jumping into what we promised you, uh, Sam joined me today. Uh, we recorded during lunch to talk about his experience at Syracuse, what led him down this road in terms of choosing the sports analytic major that he went into aside from the typical sports management path, the internships, the network he did along the way to prepare him to start this application process as he graduates in a few weeks, 
And I think it's going to be very beneficial for a lot of you to hear some of the things he's done well, some of the things he struggled with, and where in terms of you might be in your process. Again, you can reach out to Alina, DM, DM her on our Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever it is. Message me, email me, email Rob or frontofficefeatures at gmail.com if you're interested in coming on to, to tell your story as well. As you'll hear, Sam, it's a way to present your story and hope someone out there is listening and might reach out to you to hire you. So again, get involved, build that brand that we talked about by using this platform for your, for your own benefit. So without further ado, let's kick it over to Sam and myself. All right, everybody. Well, Sam Marteka has decided to put his money where his mouth is because he came up with this idea for front office features last week in one of our informational interviews that we should be having conversations with folks to discuss what the process is like looking for a job in the current landscape and in overall and just in general. So Sam, uh, welcome to front office features. Thank you very much, Chris. You know, happy to be on and, you know, nice to see an idea that I propose kind of, you know, follow through and, you know, here I am. So excited to talk about, you know, the job hunt and interviews and applications and all that good stuff. Well, I was thoroughly impressed that you came prepared to give me some feedback on how to improve front office features with a couple suggestions, this namely being one of them. Uh, I was immediately intrigued because I think it's going to resonate with so many people who listen to this podcast of maybe some advice or th- tips and tricks along the way that you've done that you found to be successful for you and kind of just let people know, like, look, everyone out there is going through a lot of the same situation. Um, you're not alone. Right. You're not on an island. But let's start off with who you are, Sam. Uh, you go to Syracuse University uh, and you're graduating in about two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Yep. So graduating the uh, four-year ride has, uh, you know, coming to a close in the next two weeks here in sport analytics major, uh, strategic management and sport management minor. I'm up here at Syracuse, like Chris said. And, you know, it was very interesting for me. It was, I was part of the first full freshman class of sport analytic majors at Syracuse. So this was a brand new major, you know, brand new opportunity, you know, for me and all my classmates. And, one of the things I'm most proud of is really being able to take all the opportunities and experiences that, you know, Syracuse and the sport management department and the sport analytics department, you know, offer to the students and really just make, you know, a memorable time for myself that allows me to, you know, build a resume and build a career for myself. And, you know, the ride is uh, coming to an end and I'm looking forward to the next, you know, part of this process for me, which is, applying to jobs and, you know, hopefully locking down that first entry level position. Before we get to the job hunt, let's go back five years. What what drew you to sports analytics over traditional sports management? Yeah, I think the number one thing for me was, you know, growing up, I've always been a math and sports guy. You know, those are the two things that really appealed to me the most. And the fact that, you know, I was going to be able to get an opportunity to, to combine two passions of mine, you know, in sport analytics and, you know, still be able to get that sport management background, you know, with some of the other classes that I took, you know, I think it was the perfect combination, you know, that would set me apart from, you know, some other sport management majors who, you know, might not have gotten the technical background and, you know, all the analytical tools, you know, that I've been able to learn um, over the past four years. So it was that combination, you know, of the sport management background and kind of learning about the business and then also, you know, learning these different, you know, programs and platforms and, you know, all the ways to 
analyze data, which is, you know, only going to be a more important skill, you know, as we kind of go on um, in the next, you know, few years, just in the sports industry and, and beyond. Yeah, no, it's uh, exponentially changed from the time I've entered the business. Uh, it's data wasn't really a thing with we were like, oh, what do you think we should charge people? I don't know. Let's pick it up and put our hand finger in the air and see how it goes. And now everything we do from ticket pricing to corporate partnerships to marketing is all analyzed daily, hourly, quite frankly, by the, the data folks. Um, but let's talk about how you got to today. So what did you do in your sports career that is now on your resume? What type of internships did you do? What type of volunteer experience? What type of other things that you have on there that's opening some doors for you in these in this job search process? So just because we talk about this a lot, like you can't wait till the end to start doing things. Like, so what did Sam right. do during his time at Syracuse? Yeah, absolutely. That's another great question. Uh, one of the things, you know, that stood out to me right away was the clubs and the different opportunities, you know, that are available within the sport analytics and sport management department. Uh, so for me, you know, the sport management club is one of the biggest clubs on campus. You know, we've raised the most money for charity, you know, out of any club uh, that's currently at Syracuse University. And one of the main events that we do is we put on a charity auction every year. You know, it's a completely student ran event, you know, that is during one of the Syracuse men's basketball games, usually in December. And what goes on is we have over 500 items, you know, utilizing uh, the backcourt of the carrier dome, you know, where the game's going on and kind of we have the whole other half to, you know, just drum up excitement for these items. And, you know, fans, you know, there's 20,000 plus fans, everyone's bidding on these items. And it's a really great leadership opportunity. Um, I've had the pleasure to be, the first back-to-back uh, -back president of the club and uh, co-chair of the auction in uh, 2019. So, you know, I was kind of spearheading it with a friend of mine. And, you know, that experience, you know, really for me was important just in my communication style and leadership and, you know, all these, you know, kind of intangible things that you can only learn by doing and kind of being in charge of an event and, you know, working with all my fellow students, classmates was a really great experience for me. And, as I was looking, you know, for that first opportunity, you know, my freshman year summer was able to work for the Travelers Championship, uh, which is 20 minutes away from me in Middlefield, Connecticut. Um, also was able to volunteer for the All -Star, the MLB All-Star Game down in D.C. So kind of had a summer where, you know, I was able to fit in a few different opportunities. And, you know, that led to my sophomore year up at school where I was able to work, you know, in the marketing uh, department for Syracuse athletics, you know, working men's and women's basketball games, football games, you know, just kind of helping with the different sponsorship activations and, you know, marketing activities that went on during the game and at halftime and, you know, during timeouts and was really able to take that opportunity and, you know, expand further my junior year where, was able to intern for Learfield IMG, the Syracuse branch. So again, you know, working on the sponsorship and partnership side, you know, for Syracuse athletics, you know, working those same uh, basketball, football, lacrosse games, you know, but in a slightly different context, you know, with interacting directly with partners and, you know, seeing what they needed to activate, you know, for the different um, games and different, you know, pieces of their partnership agreement. And, you know, that, again, was kind of really steered me towards partnerships and sponsorships, which is the area I eventually, you know, want to break into, you know, post-grad. And besides that, you know, I was able to work on uh, Cape Cod for a summer as well between my sophomore and junior year, uh, working for the Orleans Firebirds. You know, Not a bad place to hang out for the there. summer. Yeah, exactly. And it was a good spot. My grandma lives out there full time. So, you know, being able to live with her 
and uh, save some money on rent and, you know, get a job during the day and work games at night, you know, it was a great opportunity for me. And I think throughout these four years too, I've really been able to capitalize on, you know, my networking abilities and especially within the Syracuse alumni network, you know, there's, especially when you have that connection with someone, you know, you went to the same school, you know, you shared the same professors, classes, things like that. You know, they're much more willing to connect with you and talk with you about their experiences and, you know, connect you with people that they know, you know, who might be interested in, you know, the kind of work that I wanted to do, you know, post-grad. And I just can't, you know, emphasize that enough, like reaching out to the alumni network, you know, within whatever school you're at, or, you know, even some personal or family connections that, you know, kind of one connection can lead to another and you can, you know, kind of have an endless, you know, network of referrals, you know, after ending the call with one person and, you know, passing, you know, your name along to somebody else. And, you know, it's something that, in this tough job market where, you know, you're not only competing with graduates of this year, you know, but graduates from last year and everyone that's been furloughed or lost their jobs, you know, that has, you know, years of experience on, you know, us, the recent college grads, you know, you can never do enough. It's about, you know, finding a job is a full-time job. So you, you definitely um, loaded that resume up with experience, the story that we talk about, the networking you kind of just started to allude to. When, so how important has that been in your current job search? And when did you start doing that networking uh, while at Syracuse? So one of the number one things for me is, you know, that was kind of taught to us right away, you know, when one of my freshman year classes was, you know, you can never do enough networking and there's always somewhere to start. So for me, you know, some of these connections are people that I, you know, first talked to freshman year, you know, where I was really just trying to gain more information about the sport industry and about, you know, the jobs and different things that were out there. And, you know, since then, you know, just being able to navigate my way through, you know, emailing someone or reaching out to them on LinkedIn and saying, you know, hey, I'm Sam Martica, you know, sport analytics student, really interested in your role and your career path, you know, is there a chance we can hop on the phone? And, you know, taking, that and following through, you know, all the way through scheduling the call, having that actual call. And then one of the more important things is, you know, staying in touch with these folks and following up and, you know, just updating them on your life and what you're doing. And, you know, I think as I've gotten older too, it's switched from more like informational interviews around, you know, getting a lot of information from them to where I am now and really making it a two-way conversation and demonstrating, you know, my knowledge and what I have to offer and what I can learn and, you know, relating it to things that, you know, these, these people that I'm talking to are saying on the other end, you know, to really make that impression beyond just, you know, someone you talk to once and that's it. You know, the, the whole piece about maintaining relationships is really important. You know, it's honestly probably more important than just that initial call because, you know, the more that you build a relationship with that person, you know, the, the more top of mind that you're going to be, you know, when there is an opportunity that opens up, you know, at their company or, you know, through a connection that they know, um, you know, and just kind of being able to be on, you know, almost a, a text relationship with some of these people, you know, that I've formed, you know, really good relationships with, you know, over the last four years. And, you know, they've, they were in my shoes once and, you know, they're always willing to help and, you know, I think as I'm on the job search now and job hunt, internship hunt, you know, whatever that may be, you know, just talking to these different connections of people that I've known for a while and just, you know, talking about the situation I'm in and, you know, them being able to offer help, you know, from the relationships that I've built, you know, it's been really important and, you know, it's been able to be a, a separator for me when it comes to 
applying. And, you know, obviously it, it's very rare to move on to the next steps, you know, if you don't have, you know, something else besides that resume and cover letter to get you over the top. So, you know, it's about maintaining those relationships, you know, making an impression on people. And, you know, I've been, I've been very, you know, fortunate to as met as many people as I have met. And, you know, it's, you can never do enough, like I said earlier, to, you know, build your network and enhance those relationships because you never know, you know, where that might take you. And, you know, it might be that one conversation you had or that one person that, you know, you stayed in touch with that led, you know, to an interview for a job. And then, you know, that could be, you know, your big break into the sport industry. So let's talk about the process you're going through right now, because so many people are probably stressed out of their heads. Their parents yeah. are pressuring them. Me included. <laughs> yeah. You, you've mentioned the, the, the battle between the people who have been furloughed, lost their jobs, et cetera, in the past year due to the pandemic. What has been the most surprising part of this job search that you've uncovered during your time in, in terms of looking for this, the role that you're hoping to land come the next few weeks? Yeah, I think for me, it's just the sheer, you know, number of students you are competing against and kind of how competitive everything is, you know, like I've definitely, you know, I'm very comfortable and confident, you know, in my resume and everything that I've done over the last four years. But, you know, there's many, many other students, you know, just like myself who have, you know, grinded since day one and really put in all the effort and, you know, all the experience to get where they are. And, you know, I think for me, just how important each interview is, you know, in the process. And, you know, for me, I didn't have a ton of interview experience, you know, before this, you know, kind of job and internship, you know, hunt season where, you know, the interview is really going to make or break your application, you know, as a whole, like being able to express your personality and, you know, your work style and everything you're about, you know, in these interviews is so important. And, you know, I think for me in terms of confidence, you know, one of the places that I've really grown a lot from is, you know, instead of being that shy, reserved, you know, person during that interview who, you know, just wants to say the right thing, you know, with a straight face and keep going, you know, I've been able to really come into my own personality and, you know, smile as I'm answering these questions and, you know, just kind of have fun with it and just be myself rather than, you know, kind of being the, like I said, the shy kind of reserved laid back person, because at the end of the day, like the people who are interviewing you are the ones that you're going to be working with if you get accepted into that role. And for me, just really being able to make an impression on them and, you know, let them know what I'm about and, you know, how I am, you know, work style, personality, everything, you know, that makes me Sam Martica, I think, you know, is something that there's going to leave a lasting impression on and, you know, is going to be the you know piece that gets me over the top, you know, wherever I end up with that first job. What has been some of the questions you faced for an entry level role uh, that either caught you off guard or kind of made you get tongue twisted that you're like, whoa, didn't see that one coming? Yeah, I think, you know, there was one in particular, you know, where I was asked, you know, if I was in the shoes of the owner or the commissioner, you know, of, you know, the team league, wherever I was applying for, you know, what would be the first thing that I would do in that role? And, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, I definitely wasn't prepared for, you know, when I was going through all my interview prep and, you know, just kind of looking back on my answer to that question is, you know, just trying to, I made the interviewer, you know, understand, you know, how I, you know, viewed the perspective, you know, of that owner or of that commissioner and, you know, what I thought, you know, some of the main things, you know, that could be improved or that, you know, would be a, a fun or interesting twist, you know, on something that's already done. Um, I think, you know, I was able to 
navigate, you know, that answer really well and, you know, make an impression on the interviewer. Um, I think another one too, that it's not necessarily surprising that I got, but, you know, one that I've commonly got is, you know, like, why do you want to work for this team or in this area? You know, if you do your research, you know, on the team and on the area you're going to be working, you know, you're going to make that impression, you know, on the person that's interviewing you because it shows, you know, you were prepared, you did your research, you know, there's genuine reasons behind why you want to work you know, for this team or at this company, you know, obviously, you know, if you're applying for your favorite team, you know, it's really easy to say, you know, I want to work here because this is my favorite team growing up and I love all the players. But, you know, that answer, you know, really doesn't cut it anymore. And I think, you know, I've definitely found success with, you know, doing research on, you know, the area, the city where I'm going to be and really being authentic in my answer of, you know, why I want to work there and, you know, kind of how some of the you know, the characteristics, you know, of the brand, of the team or of the league or wherever I'm applying and really integrate that into my answer, you know, has been a really effective strategy for me that, you know, I think a lot of people will find success in. So in terms of the the process, I know, I mean, you've shared with me who you've interviewed with. Have you kind of had a holy crap moment? Like these are the types of organizations I'm talking to right now about, about a job opportunity and kind of pinch yourself in, in a regard? Yeah, I've definitely, you know, had that, you know, a couple of times in, in the places that I've interviewed with, you know, I, it takes, you know, a lot to even reach the interview stage, you know, for, you know, an internship application, a job application. So, you know, I think kind of taking a step back for me and really being proud of, you know, the fact that, you know, all my experience, you know, got me to this moment. And, you know, from here on out, you know, it's me you know, really trying to make my mark, you know, on this team and, you know, on this interview, because, you know, you could do everything right from, you know, having the right connections to having the right experience to tailoring your resume, tailoring your cover letter, you know, you could do all of that, but that's only going to get you to the interview process, you know, where, you know, from then on out, it's you against, you know, whoever's left in this process and, you know, may the, may the best person win, you know, from, from then on. And, you know, so, Definitely been able to, you know, be proud of the fact that I've reached the interview stage, but, you know, know that that's only half the battle and, you know, I'm really going to make strides and I'm really going to make an impression, you know, in that interview stage and, you know, doing everything that I possibly can, you know, from a preparation and research standpoint, you know, has really helped me just be more comfortable, you know, when I am in, in these interviews and, you know, when I am in front of these people working for these teams that, you know, never, you know, thought freshman year, you know, I would maybe be in this position, but, you know, I'm proud of everything that I've done and, you know, really gives me that, that opportunity, you know, because I am such a competitive person, you know, to really perform, you know, in that interview and, you know, make as great an impression as I can, because, you know, with my body of work and, you know, I'm sure all the listeners out there as well, you know, who've, you know, done the experience and, you know, networked and everything they've done right, you know, I'm sure we kind of all share the same mentality, you know, like we deserve these roles, we want these roles, and it's all about, you know, going out and getting it. What are uh, some of the things you wish you've done differently during this process that you kind of look back on and said, I could have done this better, and then you've improved upon as you continue to go down it? Because, look, like your point, interviewing when you first start doing this is kind of scary, right? Like you're you're going into these organizations, these big-named sports leagues, teams, whatever. And you're like, wow, I'm talking to so-and-so and and you might fumble every once in a while, but like, Mm -hmm. what are some of the mistakes you made along the way that people could learn from to not do the same thing and that you've taken and made, made better as you've gone through the process each time? 
Yeah. So I think the first thing for me, especially that jumps out is, you know, when I am in that interview, you know, I, I definitely could do a better job with, you know, how concise my answers are and, you know, kind of not repeating some of the same things over and over again. You know, when you're in these interviews, you want to be able to, you know, get your point across, you know, without, you know, dragging it on and taking too long because, you know, obviously the people that you're talking to, the interviewers, you know, they might, they don't have the long attention span to, you know, listen to you and drone on and on about, you know, this part of your resume or, you know, why you'd want to work here, this and that, you know, they want to realize, you know, they want to be able to understand that, you know, okay, this person is very concise, you know, they know what they're talking about, you know, they're very to the point, you know, because those are the types of people you want to be working with, you know, you don't want to be working with someone that drags their feet, you know, someone that takes forever. So if you're able to really own that, you know, own your responses and be short and concise, you know, I think that's something that I continue to work on and it's never going to be perfect. Uh, but, you know, something that I've definitely worked a lot on is saying the same thing, but, you know, in a lot shorter time frame. Uh, something else definitely that, you know, I think is always can be improved on is, you know, how I talk about, you know, my experiences, you know, as they relate to the job role. So really breaking down, you know, the internship or job posting, you know, what are the responsibilities, what are the you know qualifications or, you know, preferred experiences, things like that. And really being able to break down my experience and then specifically relate it, you know, to one of the job functions that's in the description. So, you know, not only, you know, for example, if it's a sports, you know, community relations role or community, you know, it might be like the charity that's, you know, works on behalf of this sports team or, you know, that sports league, you know, really being able to put my, you know, experiences of working in the charity auction, you know, in perspective and, you know, how the skills that I've learned, you know, there can translate, you know, within the specific job functions, you know, of this role. Um, I think, you know, the, the students and the interviewers and the applicants that pay attention, you know, to those, you know, find details and really break down the res- the job description, you know, are much, you know, more likely to move on, you know, in the application process, you know, and kind of remove themselves, you know, from the pile, you know, as you always like to talk about and, you know, just as highly specific, you know, and directed as you can be, you know, the better off, the better off that you'll be for sure. And something that I continue to work on. And then let's talk about the higher views because um, yep. they've become synonymous with our industry lately it feel like we use them at fenway and i for everyone listening it's it, sometimes you watch 150 of them by the 149th person it's unfortunate for them that they're that 149th person but you're like okay right. how do, how have you started to improve upon your higher views and like what trip tick trick that came to speak tips <laughs> tricks that you're using um, when you go through about 15 of them, because <laughs> you've applied of all the different places to kind of stand right. out from the crowd. Yeah, I think for me, you know, it's number one thing that, you know, you even brought up to me as well is just bringing that energy, you know, bringing that persona, personality, you know, because like you said, you know, as people on the hiring side, you know, are viewing these and looking at these, you know, most of them is kind of going to be, you know, this person just droning on and, you know, answering the question, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you're kind of sitting there in your chair and, you know, all of a sudden someone is, you know, high energy, you know, they're really passionate about their answers, you know, that's something that's going to resonate, you know, with the people on the hiring side and, you know, it's going to kind of make them, you know, perk up and, you know, sit up in their chair and be like, okay, like this applicant, you know, they really get it and they understand it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a chance 
you know, even though it is this higher view, you know, one way recorded interview, it's a chance, another chance, you know, for you to really display your personality, you know, own your experiences, you know, and kind of bring that person that's on, you know, the resume, you know, to life. And, you know, it is awkward, you know, they are kind of, you know, just you staring at yourself talking, but, you know, those main separators and, you know, ways that you're going to get past, you know, the higher view round is if you bring that energy, you bring that personality because, you know, people on the other side, you know, they want to work with that person that's high energy and that's passionate about the job that they're applying for, you know, not someone who's kind of monotone and just drones on uh, for each question that's in that, in that higher view. Yeah, no, it's a tricky thing to, as you talk to a, as I found out doing a podcast solo last week and talking to yourself, right, room, exactly. it feels awkward, but it it's 100% true in that if you, if you come on and just drone on and you don't separate yourself again from that proverbial pack by bringing that energy and showing that you understand it's sports and passion and like if it's monotone it'll just be another like check the box no on the higher view and you're into that shitty pile you don't want to be in um in terms of your process that you've got going on right now we're, I, we're not going to name up organizations but you've had some pretty high level interviews with some big time teams and leagues uh yeah. as you continue to go through this what are you doing to continue to keep your pipeline filled because obviously you can't just bank on a job being yours right. as you, even if you even if you have interview you've admitted exactly. that you've not landed every interview you've had clearly because you're still on the search yep. so what are you doing right now to like where are you looking how are you going about that process um what are you finding as you go through that process that's either again shocking or like pr- making you not necessarily i wouldn't call it frustrated but how are you keeping that positive outlook that this will all work out for you yeah, definitely. You know, I think, you know, in terms of the positive outlook, you know, one of the things that really resonated with me, you know, that one of my advisors at Syracuse talked about was, you know, wherever you end up, you know, in the job hunt or in this job search, internship search, you know, wherever you end up is going to be the place for you and the place that values you the most. So, you know, as I'm going through these, inter- these you know, interviews, applications, you know, and something doesn't work out, you know, obviously in the moment it's discouraging, but I know that, you know, that, that place, you know, wherever I interviewed and got denied, you know, maybe that place didn't see, you know, my value and kind of what I can bring to the table and kind of always, you know, like you said, staying positive and knowing that, you know, wherever I do end up is going to be a place that, you know, really values me as a person, as a worker, and, you know, everything that goes along with that, you know, I think is something that, you know, has definitely, made me, you know, maintain a positive outlook, you know, no matter how many kind of rejections or denials, you know, that I get, you know, however long in the process or however far along I was in that process. Um, And I think, you know, back to your other question about kind of keeping that pipeline full and, you know, always having opportunities to apply for things like that, you know, teamwork online and LinkedIn are two of, you know, the best resources that I've used, you know, specifically to, you know, find different opportunities that are out there in sports. And then there's also another website called Openly, uh, where it's, you know, it's a very clean, you know, web page that separates, you know, different sport jobs out by the part of the industry, you know, that they're in. So whether there's a whole marketing section and sponsorship section, analytics, social media, you know, it really breaks it down nicely. And, you know, as long as you get yourself in a process of, you know, making it a habit to check these websites every day, 
you know, LinkedIn, you can turn on alerts for, you know, different keywords about, you know, jobs that are opening up. Um, and also on the, on the website side, you know, of a league, of a team, of an agency, you know, some of those listings will only appear on the company's website, you know, rather than, you know, third-party places, you know, such as LinkedIn and Teamwork Online. So, you know, making it a habit, you know, kind of daily and, you know, taking the two minutes to, you know, click on one of my bookmarked links, you know, that I have, you know, regarding different job opportunities, you know, is one way that, you know, I've definitely been able to stay on top of everything that's out there, you know, regardless of what sport or what, you know, type of position I want to apply for. And, you know, as I'm going along this process, you know, I'm sure as many of you know out there, you know, it's exhausting, you know, especially getting that first, you know, internship or first job offer or opportunity, you know, it's an exhausting process. But, you know, for me, staying positive and, you know, realizing that at the end of the day, you know, the experience that I have and, you know, everything that I've done up to this point is going to put me in a place of success and is going to, you know, I'm going to land with, that company or, you know, that team, that league that values me the most. And, you know, where I'm going to make sure, you know, from day one that, you know, let everyone else know that, you know, it wasn't a mistake bringing me on and, you know, it was going to be very, very beneficial, you know, for both sides. Well, Sam, I want to thank you first for the suggestion because this was great. And I think a lot of people will love to hear that, your perspective and also just to understand that you're, they're not alone out there doing this, that everyone goes through this. It's, it's a trying time. I talked about it last week and when I was talking to myself again for the, for the podcast, which is I'm going to have to do again tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But for the people who stay the course and continue to do the right things and keep the, their yeah. plan and their head on their shoulders, they'll all land up where they're supposed to be. Like you, I know we'll be congratulating you shortly on our podcast saying you landed a job when you're telling me I got a job (laughs) with X, Y, Z for all of you out there as well. Like it's, it's obviously the world is turning back on rapidly right now. It feels like there's more jobs posted every day. It will be okay. Which I kind of stressed out last week, um, Mm -hmm. stuff like this and, 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 not giving up and staying positive and keeping that perspective of it wasn't what you anticipated when you first were going to graduate probably four years ago, but it is what it is. And right. you just got to work through it. And when it, what's meant to be will happen. And uh, I appreciate again, you, you giving the suggestion and also coming on and being the Guinea pig for this. So Sam first and, and also secondly, uh, first, cause I already said first, <laughs> my, my, my mind is clearly is working very well today. Um, the congratulations on graduating. It's a hell of thank an you. accomplishment from Syracuse University. Uh, thank it's, you, thank you. Enjoy that moment. It's all the hard work that you've put in to get to this point. Now you get to go out and leverage it to become whatever it is you want to do in our industry, which I'm sure will be great things. But congratulations on graduating. Enjoy that. Try and in as much as you can in a pandemic <laughs> and yep. celebrate it. But right, um, right, I'm right. sure, I'm sure mama Sam is loving this uh, and, and listening to this. So Absolutely. Uh, I'll just tell her Sam will be okay. He was going to land a job. Don't worry about it. Uh, it. It will all work out. Trust me on that, but I appreciate it buddy for coming on and uh, looking forward to hearing when you finally tell us what job you do land. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Chris. You know, really appreciate the time. And then for all the, you know, younger students out there who might not be graduating and, you know, always, you know, there's always someone you can talk to, someone you can reach out to, you know, there's always a job, you know, volunteer opportunity for you. So, you know, keep grinding and, you know, one day you'll have that resume full of fantastic experience too. Great advice. 
All right, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, Chris. Thanks a lot. You too. All right, bye. Huge thank you to Sam uh, for joining us and coming on and telling his story. It's not easy to do, and having the courage to come on and talk about your failures and what you could be doing better and what you've learned. And his his mantra when he was telling me about this was his whole goal was to hopefully help someone out there listening to help them understand that they're not alone and everyone's going through this. They're tr- you're all trying to break through that proverbial brick wall to land your first sports gig. And it's not easy. And even though you might have thought it might have been a very different path to get to where you wanted to be, look, things change. It'll be okay like we talked about last week. Keep doing what you're doing like Sam said. Use your network. Be smart. Stay concise. Tell your great story that you've accumulated over the last four years and someone you'll fit with the right culture at the right time. But thank you again to Sam. I mean, we've had people on here who've been doing this for years in the sports industry who sometimes clam up and aren't authentic because they're afraid to say the wrong thing. And it's it's sometimes scary to be behind the mic and feel like you're kind of on an island and don't know what to do and this is not your norm. This That's why everyone doesn't work in radio, right? Or have a podcast. But great job by Sam. Um, but if you want to be similar to Sam and tell your story, reach out to myself, Alina, Rob, whoever <laughs> at Front Office Features to, to get on and have that same conversation and just make people feel at ease that – they're not alone. So uh, I think hopefully you all felt that, found that very beneficial in regards to just resetting and, and, and knowing that there, there are people out there in, in your shoes that are having the same conversations and the same thoughts every single day. Moving along, uh, I just want to talk about one quick thing. When you're fortunate enough to land your, your dream job in this industry and you're working for a team or a league or an organization or some facet of this sports world that we, we call a quote-unquote job, uh, just just remember that it's a, it's a privilege. It's, it's really cool. It's really unique. Don't take it for granted. It, there's so much stuff that can happen along your journey that in the blink of an eye, it can all change. And just make sure you... Really, in these next couple weeks, when you when you land your first role, you get your first business card, you get that first email that says at xyz.com, you just remember those moments because they don't come along often. And there's only so many things that are first in your life. And this is going to be one for all of you that's, you don't get to have a first job ever again. Uh, so congrats to all you graduates again coming out of school. Enjoy the next last couple weeks. Party it up. Savor the moment, brag to your friends when you land that gig, enjoy it, congratulations. I'm looking forward to having my partner back on Monday to go over his last couple weeks and and really hear from him in terms of what it took to make yesterday happen. But thank you to all of you for, as always, listening, and uh, we'll talk soon. Later. Later.